you know, having the garden and, and doing a lot of this stuff is that I remembered what my grandparents did, uh, even in the nineties the and periods of, like I said, periods of great abundance. It, you know, when you could buy unlimited quantities of whatever at any grocery mm -hmm. store, my grandparents were still growing it in their backyard as my parents got married uh, uh, next to their garden shed in 1981. So, <laughs> so, and there are, there's photographic evidence of this. So it's like, you know, I'm having to, I'm there. I have a picture of my grandmother on my refrigerator in the house. And that's what, and I, I look at that picture sometimes and I go, man, I really wish that I hadn't taken that for granted when I was younger, because I definitely, I'm definitely needing it now, and I'm definitely needing to, to pass it on. This is the Farm Hop Life Podcast, a traveling homestead family. I'm Matt DeRosier. On the Farm Hop Life Podcast, we learn what it takes to grow your own food from everyday people. Could be a college student grows tomatoes and salad greens on their apartment patio, a former VP of marketing for Del Taco now raising cattle in Montana, or someone who hasn't had a homestead in over 10 years. This show is aimed at teaching you what it takes to make homesteading work for you, that we all make mistakes, we all have bad days, but we can reach out and help one another thrive in giving you the confidence needed to go feed yourself. Because really you're in, um, oh man, remind me what state you're in. Tennessee. Tennessee, that's right. I thought it was Tennessee. Yeah. Did you, did I, did I see that your water broke or something like that? What happened there? Okay. <laughs> That's a funny story. So, uh, the, uh, so, you know, I, I don't know how much you know about well systems. Like, a little bit. I have one. Yeah. So I wish I knew more about it. Yeah. Who doesn't? So the, uh, so the, the well, the well pump feeds the pressure tank, the pressure tank feeds the house. So, uh, in some well systems, there's a uh, they they like to put a a yard hydrant between the the, the pressure tank and the house. Uh, and what I was reading about this because I was trying to figure out what was going on very quickly, the uh, they like to put that in there for like water testing sometimes. Well, people I spoke to said they they can do it or they don't do it. It just depends really. Uh, so. Uh, this is a very long story. <laughs> they had, uh, the, in, in long story short, the property was overgrown for years. It, it had probably been overgrown for a decade or more. So a bunch of trees that sprouted up around the yard hydrant where the wellhead was and uh, in the area where the pressure tank was. So I was trying to clear that area. And uh, I had managed to maneuver the tractor I've got, because a tractor was left out here. It's also a long story. Uh, and I managed to maneuver the tractor in to push a tree out of the way. Well, uh, if you're, if you're hooking up a yard hydrant, you should never hook steel pipe to PVC because the steel's not going to last nearly as long, especially when it's in the ground for, you know, 40 years. And, uh, from because I never even touched the yard hydrant with the tractor, and what I'm guessing is is that the ground pressure from the tractor ruptured the water line. 
Oh, jeez. That, that fed that, yeah. <laughs> and that fed that particular uh, yard hydrant. So all of a sudden there's water shooting out of the ground uh, from where I pushed it over. And I was like, well, this is, this is fun. How shallow was that pipe then? If the uh, pressure well, from the, the tractor cracked it, the frost depth here is uh, to get below the frost depth here. It's only eighteen inches. Okay, that's so, still a good ways down. Yeah, it's it's not terrible. I mean, I can hand dig it. Uh, I don't like to, but I, right. I, I have clearly. Uh, so I got down there and I pulled that yard hydrant out, and I was I was trying to connect or reconnect it. So like I had a well company come out and they sent one of their technicians out and he looked at it and he said, we can do the work, but this is something that you could really do yourself. I said, okay, well, I've never really done PVC work before. So this is a good learning moment for me to, yeah. to, to break some more stuff. Right. Uh, but he, he kind of looked around where the, where the, where all the piping was and he went, you really need to get these tree stumps out of the way. And I said, I'm on it. And uh, so uh, on the front end of my tractor, I've got what's called a ratchet rake on there. It's like a piece of three eighth inch steel. And it's got, it's got triangular shaped tines that face down and triangular okay. face tines that face out. So I managed to get part of the ratchet rake onto one of these, uh, stumps well when i pulled the stump out it ripped all of that out like like all the way to the to the the, the little supply valve that that feeds the house so i went from having one small problem to having oh, wow a very large problem i'm looking at those ratchet rakes that looks gnarly oh yeah and and that what i've got is the forestry version so uh uh, the ratchet rake's got a uh, the the standard ratchet rake uses like a wire or a, or a piece of uh, a piece of nylon webbing. Uh, the one that I had, I had to go buy a chain for. So it, it chains to the front of my track of my bucket, and I pulled that thing out, and it and uh, apparently the 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 roots had just wrapped around the piping and just right out of the ground. Oh geez. And uh it made one problem it made one small problem way worse. So I ended up uh having to dig that up <laughs> and put in a new uh put in a new supply valve uh in line with all the rest of the stuff. And I made sure that this one was brass. So it's not going anywhere for a while. There you go. Uh yeah, and I had to use I used a piece of uh like four or six inch PVC and backfilled it with, uh, with gravel underneath it. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's not going anywhere for a very long time, but you fixed uh, it. You got water yeah. again. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I needed the water and, uh, I was doing all this on my birthday. <laughs> and, uh, and at the time I was also involved in a lawsuit for a car accident that I had been in five years prior. So I had to give a, I had birthday. to give a deposition uh, uh, over the computer over the over Skype or Zoom that morning. So they're like uh, they're like yeah if you're done uh, they said yeah you're done with your deposition uh, you can go if you have something else to do. Yep, sure do. <laughs> oh, so yeah, it was a that was a very interesting uh, a very interesting 
about a week or so trying to get that back together. But that's was, uh, my wife was entertained. She thought that was hilarious. As long as she thought that the that not having water was funny. Yeah, she, yeah, she, honey, that's funny. That's hilarious. She had a friend. She had a friend she can go stay with. So it wasn't like we were. We were. She go. was totally without. Uh, <laughs> it was just an interesting. Uh, it was an interesting couple of. It was an interesting week there. Yeah, you had said that the the property had uh, stupid internet. Uh, the property's been overgrown for. I don't know, like 10 years. So uh, yeah, you, probably more than that. So are you new to it? Are you new to this property? I am. Uh, so when we moved out here in 2020, uh, uh, it was a couple of months after the previous owner had, uh, had passed away. He died in like February of 2020. Uh, he'd been sick for a very long time. He'd probably been sick. He'd probably been sick for 15 or 20 years, uh, like a long-term cancer kind of thing. So his, uh, you know, he didn't really care much for the land because he just physically could not. Sure. So like in areas where there had been grazing pasture or pens for animals or something like that, that he had had before that, uh, it was, it had basically turned into a pine forest. And uh, pine, I've, pine, I've learned, is very prolific and uh, and will spread very quickly, uh, kind of like bamboo, but not as difficult to get rid of. So, excuse me, he had, uh, he had uh, just let it go over the, you know, 20 years that he had been, 15 or 20 years that he'd been sick. So, sure. uh, when we had, uh, when we got here, or when we, when the property went on the market, so... Uh, let's let's this kind of goes into into something that we had we had message back and forth is is getting started was mm -hmm. uh, I had lived in a neighborhood pretty much or an apartment pretty much my entire life. Um, I had helped out on farms before. Uh, but somewhere around see I had I had uh, I'm also a cancer survivor. I had cancer in 2011. Uh, testicular cancer. So, like somewhere after 2011, I had decided that it was it was time to, or I was starting to think about, like, you know what, say this, like uh, being more more free, I guess you could say, and, and not having to to live this this continuous lifestyle of. You know, my neighbors a stones throw away and, and they can see everything that I'm doing in my backyard and all that other stuff. And so I had decided that that about that time and I kind of branched into it from like from prepping, you know, like like, you know, a lot of preppers talk about, you know, we need to stockpile, you know, X amount of food and, and you know, water and all that. And I was like, well, why don't I just do that all myself? So it just kind of became a natural extension of that of that desire to, to, to not be wrapped around the grocery store life. And, and you know, if we're out of something good, because what happens if the grocery stores go away? You don't have that kind of you don't have the infrastructure there 
to, to support your own self and, and, and things get really desperate really fast. So I kind of made the decision that, uh, that we needed to get out. Um, I kind of ended up sidetracked during that period of time. Cause I, I personally, uh, ended up, my first wife didn't, uh, I got him divorced and then remarried. And, uh, my first wife wasn't too keen on all of this previous setups and that kind of caused some friction and there were some other things involved, but excuse me, you there. Uh, but I had still always had that desire to get out of the neighborhood to, to, to have more space and, and be more independent and more self-sufficient. So, uh, you know, I ended up getting remarried and then we had another, you know, my wife now and I had another child, which was number four for us. I had two in my previous marriage and then she brought a stepdaughter and then we had another daughter and, and it, it, it only increased my desire about 2018 or 2019 when we made, when I looked out my window and uh, saw a drug deal going on right across the street. And I said, uh, I told my wife, I said, I, I think, and I've seen drug deals before because I work in the city. Uh, I work, I work for the, I work for the, the, the closest major city here. You know, I've seen that kind of stuff before that. And sure. I said, that's not stuff that I want to raise children around or, or, you know, it makes me a target. So, because, you know, when they end up, you know, in a gun battle or something like that, then I end up in the middle of the crossfire and that's nowhere, nowhere that I wanted to be. So, uh, my wife was a real estate agent at the time and we made the decision that it was, uh, it was time to get out. And, uh, we ended up, we were looking and looking and looking and, uh, and, you know, she had automated searches set up through MLRS and was, it was looking and looking and nothing really came up. And then I remember the day that this property hit the market and uh, you know, it came with a tractor and there was a barn and two garages and the house and, and uh, an acreage that we were looking for. And I said, that's the one. And, uh, and we made it happen and it was heartbreaking moving out of the neighborhood because I had spent, I spent probably more than a decade in that house that we were in and, and it hurt to move, but ultimately it was a better decision. And yeah. uh, so that's kind of how we ended up out here. And, uh, and and said from living in a neighborhood or something like that, uh, you know, but helping out on farms, I had a little bit of knowledge. Uh, but right. I kind of had to expand my knowledge base very quickly. Yeah, so it's been a it's been an interesting time, to, to say the least. Yeah, it sounds like we got uh, we have similar start times. So, like, we finished building this house in uh, March of 2020. So, I can't remember if we started our garden, like our little dinky raised beds, the year before the year. I don't remember, but uh, so I'm curious. Like, so how how far along are you on your your homesteading? Um, like, so what do you got? You got you got a garden? You got chickens? Any other livestock or? Well, so our garden has been kind of a work in progress. Always is. Oh yeah, certainly. Uh, I was. I, I'm still. I wasn't still very am into like uh, Native American traditional Native American planting okay. strategies. So like the three sisters and and 
things that go with it. And then uh, I was doing, uh, before we moved out in the neighborhood, I was doing raised beds at the house. And we had a lot of success with like, uh, like uh, green beans and tomatoes and stuff like that. We had a lot of success with that. And then uh, we also, we, we managed to can a, a bunch of our green beans from the last couple of years. Uh, still trying to figure out like when's the best time to, to, to do corn and stuff like that. Like in squash, we just kind of, you know, fry or, or whatever, but uh, we grew all these things and then we're still trying to figure out how to use them. So yeah, I you hear know, you. It's, it's a work in progress. And then, like with the area that we've got, uh, the last garden was uh, the last garden that we had uh, was out in the pasture. So it was like a it was a pretty good sized area. You know, it was like corn and squash, and and I had done the mounds and stuff like that, and how to set it up, and it was marginally successful. But uh, we decided to move it a little bit closer to the house because in, in this part of Tennessee, it gets ungodly hot in the summertime. Uh, like, like it, it, I mean, you step outside in the morning time before the sun is even up and you're already sweating that kind of hot. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so uh, okay. we decided that it was probably better to move it closer to the house. So we've been in the process of, of putting in like, more permanent raised beds. Uh, and that was some of my more recent YouTube stuff uh, and stuff on Instagram was, uh, was uh, using galvanized steel uh, and building a, building a garden beds for that. So we're still in the progress of doing, of getting that set up, but hopefully within the next week or so, we should have those ready to go. So, nice. uh, and then, I'm still trying to find a, uh, I'm still trying to find a, cause I had planned it out to be uh, direct. Half of it was going to be direct. So kind of stuff like we were still going to hang out with the, with the native styles, the native uh, uh, patterns, but also have like raised beds and have other stuff. So there's been a lot of math involved about like the minimum square footage necessary for, for, uh, for yeah. each person, like using the, the victory garden kind of math from the forties is like, it, it requires, they talk about, they don't require it, but they talk about so many square footage, uh, per person. And we yeah. always figure it on six people because there's, there's six people in the family, but they're not always all here. Sure. But, so we always want to have extra, yeah. And, and the extra we just we can can or do whatever. So yeah. and then I'll, uh I'll send you a link. Uh so Scott uh Miller from uh my men's forum that we that we have on Mondays, he he's got his own podcast, Thriving the Future Podcast. Uh he is he's selling a spreadsheet of like it's like a calculator that he it's like this calculator that he made for himself that calculates, you know, how much, you know, how many people are in your family, how much of each kind. So exactly what you're talking about. And so like all the math like gets done for you. Um, and so it was like 10 or 15 bucks or something like that for, and so like, yeah, I, I picked it up to, cause I was curious and, and help support him a little bit. So yeah, I can, I can send you a link to that. Oh, if, that's you, great. if you like, yeah. 
but so in addition to the garden, we've also got uh, we've also got chickens, and uh, and we we've got uh, we got thirteen hens. We had one die like two weeks ago, probably from probably from a fight that went bad mm. uh, inside the inside the coop over you know pecking order and stuff. I mean, it just it is what it is. So, yeah. but the thirteen or the thirteen we've got are turning out just fine. So. We always have extra that I end up selling, uh, and I've got a couple of customers for those. So that's that's been nice to kind of, and and that kind of feeds into the you know uh, feeds into ideas about uh, building community and stuff like that. Is that yeah? Is that uh, that's a great way? As a friend of mine, as a friend of mine said uh, said that selling eggs, selling farm fresh eggs to people that are looking for them, is uh, is a great way to win hearts and minds. Yes, exactly. I've been giving them away lately, but I'm we're going to switch into selling them again. We yeah. we stopped had, for a uh, while yeah, during the and, mold, and, and that was that's something that I've been trying to do uh because I'm I'm not new to the area, but I'm new to like a lot of these people. And like yeah. so we uh, like I, and I talk about this a lot too is that if if you're going to be homesteading somewhere or you're going to have you're going to have resources and this goes back to and this also kind of talks about the idea about like the the prepping aspect and things like that is that uh if you're going to have resources uh, it would be a good idea to get to know the people around you because sharing well, sharing is caring you know yeah. Uh, like my neighbors have chickens, but they don't have a garden, and they're they're two they're they're elderly folks uh, on both sides of me, and uh, and they're uh, they're a little bit too elderly to garden, so mm. it makes a lot of sense. They have chickens because that's pretty easy to to do, but you know we can we can provide our overage, and they can help us out when we we need like they've got heavy equipment and and. I'm doing this on a budget. Yeah. Very small budget. And uh, they've got heavy equipment and I don't. So it, it comes down to like, you know, bartering here and there. Or, you right. know, I help them out with some other things around their place and they help me out with some other things around mine. So it's important to get to know your neighbors. Oh, yeah. And build that community and build that, you know, build a friendship. Like, uh, I was introduced to the neighbors across to the neighbors to my east or to my west because they had uh, uh, they had seen that the the gate that was previously locked was open and that they could hear chainsaws in the background. Well, when this property was overgrown, I was having to cut down, you know, five and six trees, you know, in, 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 a, in yeah. a five or six hour time frame. You know, just to just to be able to clear the land out. So they heard people working back here, so they came back and introduced themselves, and and we've been friends ever since. So that's Excellent. just the kind of things that that people that are getting into it, like if you don't want to, you don't want to alienate your neighbors, and you definitely don't want to like, you know, ignore them simply because you know you're you're self sufficient. Not everybody is self sufficient. Everybody's always got something to. Everybody's always got something yeah. to share, whether it's knowledge or equipment or both. You know, 
So did I see that you made a PVC chicken feeder? Oh yeah. So uh, is that I working actually, out pretty well? Yeah, I uh, I copied that uh, as I as I said on YouTube. It was a copy of a copy. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody had uh, so it's based off of the Dynachuck that that you can find on on uh, Amazon. Okay, but uh, somebody had found a uh, somebody had kind of built their own out of PVC pipe, and I kind of modified that even more because the way that they had mod the way that they had built theirs was overly complicated and required too many parts. And uh, my backgrounds, my background, my educational backgrounds in engineering. Sure. So when I was looking at the parts, like, well, that's the same as. That's the same as this. And I can use this part to do that. So I just, you know, made a couple of logical modifications and, and, uh, and changed one of the reducers and and, uh, and shortened one of the sections. And here we go. I got two of them. I put two of them out there now and feeding them, uh, feeding the chickens. Uh, uh, so when uh, the, I'm feeding them crumble now, but I was using pellets before. Yeah, uh, it's kind of hard to figure out what they like. Any, it is. <laughs> it's like the crumbles easier. The crumbles easier to use on them because they don't have to. They don't have to peck it apart. Right. But at the same time, crumble is more easily wasted. So. Yeah, that's true. So I, uh, another guy from Immense Forum. How I met him is I saw a video on TikTok where he uses a deer feeder to feed his chickens, and so. Uh, I I load pellets in the deer feeder and it just like, you know, spins and throws the pellets everywhere. Yeah. Well, every once in a while, I'll be like, why are the, why are the chickens like following me? Like they're hungry. And so I go to look and like the pellets get like, they, it's just perfect where they don't drop down. Like they're all like bound up on each right. other. And so you just like hit it with your hand and they all like drop down and, uh, and it's fine, but like that part still really annoys me. So I'm still looking for other other methods to to feed them with. Yeah, that uh, that PVC feeder is uh, is a good choice. Uh, my wife swears that there isn't enough. Uh, isn't enough feed? Well, it doesn't feed them enough. Like like the, she's talking about capacity because it's a it's based on a four inch PVC pipe. Uh, and I've thought about expanding it out two inches to six inch, but that would involve uh, changing one of the reducers down to to six in order to get the same kind of uh, in order to get the same kind of effect. Like if you and I, I haven't experimented with this much, but I've thought about it. Uh, I put quite a bit of thought into it actually. Is that if uh, so the pipe that feeds the feed into the bottom of the feeder is is two inches in diameter, nominal. So I'm wondering if expanding it, if making it larger would cause more feed to drop or the same amount of feed, but slower. Mm. Uh, it, or if, it, you know, it's it's a balancing act. Because you don't want to, you don't want to drop a ton of it on them because they're gonna, they're gonna gorge it all, right? And then you don't want to drop too little of it because then they're, they're not gonna get 
the proper amount of nutrition. So there's kind of a balance to be struck in there. Uh, it's just a matter of finding it. I'm pretty sure I could do it with six with a six inch tubing, but it's just I don't really at the moment I don't really have the time to experiment with it. I've got I've got way what other projects to handle yeah. so look i just made this one isn't this good enough for now i think that's look i think that's close to about what i told my wife it's like i just i just did two what more do you want <laughs> that's funny oh man that's funny so um what what are some other things that have worked well for you on your property uh man so i've uh so talking about the chickens is that um right now they're pretty much all in the run i built i uh, i was building the run when uh when they were really worried about like avian flu mm -hmm. like the bird flu was they were culling you know thousands of chickens in these in these you know and that was another thing that we had talked about is that they're the egg supply and the chicken supply is 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 pretty fragile based on these you know that a lot of these things come from these industrial farms yeah and uh you know you just saw the 50 what was it fifteen thousand cows burn up in a barn something like and, that 15 yeah, 18 000 yeah so uh, that has a uh that has a, a depending on where you're at a pretty severe effect so we were worried about bird flu and stuff like that so i really up armored like uh the the run like a lot of like the uh so like I've used the the I like to like I use the the quarter inch welded wire. Uh, I end up having to buy the proper size off of Amazon. You can actually do that. They've got like they've got like hundred foot rolls of quarter inch uh, welded wire, and uh, and they'll ship it right to you. Uh, when you say quarter inch welded wire, is that kind of like hardware cloth or what? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. I see. But yep, it's yep. it's it's literally the just the welded wire, like in the in the square form. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, some people call it hardware cloth. Some people, but it's basically quarter inch welded wire. And uh, and I put that, I use that to an extreme. Like I <laughs> I used it everywhere. Like anywhere there was a gap, there's welded wire to to you know hardware cloth in order to to counter it. Yeah. So uh, I've definitely up-engineered a lot of stuff, so that's worked pretty well. Uh, we've got coyotes and stuff around here. They've got two of our barn cats, I think, maybe. Oh, geez. Uh, we've, we've had two barn cats just disappear, so maybe the coyotes got them or maybe they're chasing a, a, another cat somewhere else. But yeah. we, we can hear them out there. Like I shot a deer out in the pasture last year, and, and – I can hear the coyotes off in the distance while I'm field dressing it. So it's like, got to get out of here. <laughs> I'm going to be fighting coyotes with this rifle before too long. Sure. Uh, so the predation is uh, preventing predation. Uh, uh, the thing that has really uh, focusing on preventing predation on those animals has been, has been really effective. Uh, uh, circular planting. Uh, like when we did the uh, when we did the uh, the Native American style, like circular uh, three sisters kind of garden that really worked. That worked out really well. Uh, Can you explain from, what that is? So, uh, so the three sisters or the yeah. Okay, 
okay, so the three sisters uh, for it's a uh, it's corn. It's a usually a form of, of dead corn or some kind of ground corn you can grind. Okay. Uh, and it's uh, it's squash and beans, like okay. a climbing bee, a climbing bee, not a bush bee. So the way that it works is it's it's the it's one of the earliest known forms of companion planting. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I just never the, heard of the three sisters. I have I heard of the three sisters thing before? I don't I'm not sure, but yeah, you use the uh the squash is like ground cover with the big leaves and the beans climb the uh corn. And the corn. Yeah. Uh we did that in a circular garden. Uh so like in the center there were there were uh there were four mounds that had corn on them. And then we would move out and then so we didn't necessarily plant the squash in the same mounds as the beans and the corn. We would plant the squash in between the mounds with those. So, but as they grew, it made watering really efficient. Yeah. Because you could put the watering equipment right in the middle and then it would go, you could set the, uh, you could set the sprinkler to go around and around and it would, and it would water everything. Uh, but that leads that our uh, our that was uh, another problem that we had we had decided to troubleshoot from last year was our our water supply locations about where we would put yard hydrants and things like that. Yeah. So like that's a that's a different problem <laughs> that deals with the well. And uh, so yeah, uh, and going back to what going back to what was out here prior is that according to the neighbors, and this is knowing your neighbors is that this was, uh, he had, he did, uh, he did hogs beforehand. So there's like different pens in different areas that are, that are fenced off for that where hogs were. And, uh, so there, my guess was there was one way out on the property because there's several, yard hydrants in those areas where they would have been feeding or, or drinking. So uh, we've got to relocate a lot of those in order to, to better service. And then, and then my wife decided, Hey, this, this used to be a, a, a pig place. So maybe we can get pigs now. It's like, why did I say anything at all? <laughs> it's like, every time there's a cool project, my wife is like, Hey, let's do this. All right. Well, I'm thinking in terms of hours. How many <laughs> hours will this take me to complete? So, but yeah, I've always, I'm the, I'm the, of the, of the pair of us, I'm the temperate one. I'm the one that's always thinking about like, okay, well, we need, we're going to need fencing and wiring and, and, you know, the, the, the proper equipment and we're going to have to run water to it. So, you know, and she's like, you know, always the, like the idea of person. So it works well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You need, you need both. You really do. Like, how, like, Hey, that's a good idea. But then you need somebody like how to like execute the plan. Right. And yeah. that, that comes from my, uh, that comes from that engineering background is that I, I think a lot about you know, yeah. materials that we're going to need and where we're going to get them. But, and, dimensions and mathematics and things like that. And it's funny because I was never good at math until I got out here. And then, uh, 
you know, even even doing design plans, I always double checked it against computers. And then I got out here and it's like, oh, man, I need math a lot more than I thought I did. Even, <laughs> even, even you know, running cable or, or designing, you know, sprinkler systems or whatever for buildings. It was like, OK, well, now I need math even more because, you know, you've got to the buildings that you're building have to be square and there's a certain way to do that. And yeah. then, so I was always very hands on. And then when I had ed education on top of that, it was pretty wild. So, <laughs> what what's some stuff that hasn't worked well? Uh, <laughs> uh, really, every pretty much everything hasn't worked well. Like maybe, and that's maybe that's maybe a function of my own my own uh, uh, wishful thinking or 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 too high of expectations. Sure. Yeah. But uh, things worked marginally well. It's just that I didn't think when I got out here that I would have to fix nearly as much as I did. Mm. Uh, I kind of just expected a lot of things to, to work on their own. And, uh, and that I wouldn't have to, you know, like things would work when they need to. It's like, well, today, yeah, and even today, expectations. We'll say we'll say expectations haven't really worked well. Uh, <laughs> you, you're true. up here; they need to be down here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I've got uh, what do they say? They said I've got champagne dreams on a beer budget. Yeah, that that's pretty much it. It's like today, like uh, like I'm framing in a wall section because I'm gonna I'm doing an interior project, you know, for the next couple of weeks and. And I come home and check my mail and my mailbox falls off of the, <laughs> I'm just kind of like, something else, something else. There's always something else. So just duct tape. It's just expectations. Like I just, yeah. Like I just, it's always something. And, and I, there have been a lot of times where I just go, it's always something, but you know, it is what it is. So Always something, never it. nothing. Huh? Always something, never nothing. Yeah, yeah. You you you've definitely got to have uh, you definitely got to have an open mind, and and, uh, and and God laughs at your schedule frequently. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you you mentioned being uh being an engineer, having an engineering background, yeah. and in your in your YouTube videos. It also says uh, homestead handyman. Is that is that just like being a handyman on your property, or do you actually go do handyman stuff for other people as well? Uh, yes and no. Uh, so uh, many many years ago, I uh, and I had decided that hey, I can start my own business as part of the. Uh, you know, part of trying to to be more self sufficient was was to have my own kind of income stream, even if it was part time, or you know, to have a, a different income stream from my primary job, uh, and mostly to assuage boredom. Uh, so uh, I'm pretty good with uh, I'm pretty handy. Certainly a handyman. Uh, so I I fixed I was fixing a lot of stuff, like uh, like. I think one of my first jobs was was resealing a uh, was re was recalking a bathroom 
Uh, I did another job for a guy who was who was coincidentally also a homesteader at the time. Hmm. Uh, I built stairs for him or steps for him at his house. Uh, I like to think I did that job well. Uh, so like I, I was like offering up skills to do just about pretty much anything. Like I was fixing appliances and doing all that kinds of stuff. And then when I got, uh, when the pandemic hit, when 2020 started, uh, I really kind of, I started using a, a task rabbit. Yes. Uh, so like I was doing like a lot of like, like I think one of the first jobs I had with task rabbit was, was mounting ceiling fans in some person's house. And then I was mounting a lot of TVs because people were watching TV a whole lot. And I was more than happy to take their money to do it. So, yeah, uh, I got really good with, I got really good with tools and stuff like that. And, and, you know, just picked up some stuff that I had learned, you know, along the way. And, uh, I had a guy that I worked with, uh, who basically hired me as his, uh, at the time, basically as his, uh, as his handyman, you know, when he had jobs that were like contractors wouldn't take, but yeah, too small. It could be done and it could be done in a couple hours in an afternoon. Uh, I started doing those, a couple of those jobs here and there. So, you know, and then, uh, like he was renovating the house, uh, in a neighborhood. So like, I, I, I got a lot of hands on with painting and, and improvised carpentry and, and, uh, cabinetry. Uh, I ended up redoing in my old house. I redid the kitchen. Like, uh, so it, it had, uh, it was a galley kitchen that had a, uh, uh, like an, an, an L angle bar and nobody uses, nobody uses bars anymore in, in kitchens. So I deleted that and was like running cable and wiring to do, to put the refrigerator there. So, uh, I picked up a lot of skills on my own. I picked a lot of, up a lot of skills doing other things for a lot of people, you know, other you know, things that I've been hired to do. So uh, when I got out here, it was just a natural extension of, of, yeah. you know, I was able to apply a lot of those modern techniques. And this house was, I found out this house was cobbled together from like, you know, just kind of stuff that this guy could buy cheap somewhere else. So it was like not modern materials, not modern techniques. It was just kind of thrown together you know, uh, like professional grade techniques. So like I was able to really renovate a lot of the, like a moat, like part of the house that we needed to use right yeah. away. I was able to do a lot of that, you know, pretty quickly simply because I had a lot of hands-on practice with it before. So uh, when I started doing the handy, when I started the, when I said the handyman stuff on the YouTube, it was just me fixing stuff out here that was broken, like the fan and, and putting in, I had a video for putting in workbenches that I could, that I moved around, ended up moving around later. Uh, so it, coming out here was just a natural extension of a lot of the things that I had been doing already. It was just uh, higher stakes and, uh, and doing a lot more of it. So, you know, cool. like now running chainsaws and stuff like that. And, you know, that was, it was just a natural extension of what I had already been doing. So have you done any of that stuff for any of your, like your newer neighbors? 
There you are. Yeah. Uh, have you have you done any of that kind of stuff for your new neighbors? Uh, not really. Uh, I've done a few things for a few people, but like my immediate neighbors, no, not really. Uh, they've like so like my neighbors to the west. They've got uh, they've got hired hands that do a lot of that stuff. Oh. So they're like established, like the farm. Like I've got a farm to the east and a farm to the west. Yep. So they've got hired hands or or family that do all that stuff already. Uh, well, you know they pay people to do already, but uh, like uh, so I'm also I'm also I'm a paramedic. Like oh. that's that's what I do for money now. It's like my education is my education is in engineering, but I've been a I've been a firefighter paramedic for fifteen years, so twenty years probably. So, uh, so like a lot of my a lot of my interaction with them outside of of friendly conversation comes at uh, you know like I'm having this problem or I'm having that problem or what do you think about this? So well. Here's what I think, and here's what I think you should do about it, kind of stuff. You know? Just go talk to your doctor. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It goes back to that community thing: is that is yeah. that they know that they can call somebody and get an answer, and I can usually, if not me, then I can get somebody there to them pretty fast. I'm pretty well connected with those people that 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 do that stuff. Yeah, that aren't me. So yeah, that's the. Yeah, that's a that's a good good connection to have through you. And they, it, it's funny. Uh, so I do, I kind of do airsoft sometimes. Okay. And uh, a funny story about meeting my neighbor to the west or my neighbor to the east. Uh, we were out doing airsoft in the forest uh, back behind the house, and uh, and uh, so like the cows. Uh, I don't know if you've interacted with cows very much. But uh, they get particularly curious when they hear people. Yeah. When they, yeah, especially if people are where food comes from. So they, they tend to congregate in that area. So we're out there doing our thing and like all of the cows come to the fence where we're close to where we're at. And uh, of course he gets curious about what's going on out there. And we're out there, you know, toting around, you know, toy guns and stuff like that. <laughs> He's like, what are y'all doing out here? It's like, oh, we're just, you know, playing around. He's like, okay, well, have a nice day. So, you know, and then he found out. Then uh, my uh, my neighbors to the east that I'm friends with called me, called my wife, and we're like, uh, hey, yeah, he had uh, he had mentioned something about that, and we're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Uh, not exactly the most. Not exactly the most, you know, cordial way to meet somebody, but yeah, it's a funny story that I, I like to share sometimes. We got made by the cows. There you go. That's good. What's the what's the best part about homesteading, do you think? The best part? Yeah, uh, the from, best part. The, the, the best part would be not having to do a whole lot of work, but <laughs> then no, what would you I do? really Play really. airsoft with cows? Oh uh, yeah, that that can be interesting. Sorry, my I, I've developed an allergy, and uh, and the pollen here is kicking, so it's sure. pretty rough. Uh, so the best part, really, what I've liked about it is that uh, 
you know, I can walk out of my house and, and I'm pretty secluded where I'm at. And uh, so being back where I'm at is that, you know, being able to walk out of my house and uh, not have to deal with the stress of, of worrying about if you're bothering your neighbors or that's kind of, that's been kind of a nice part uh, is, is having that real feeling of independence that I've, I've kind of been yearning for for the last probably half a, probably more almost a decade now is it's kind of nice to be able to just do my own thing sometimes and not have to worry about other people thinking that you're kind of weird but at the same time you know you also you're you are kind of weird because you're not like yeah you're not like the you're not like everybody else you know i i go to the grocery store to buy like things that i don't have on hand i don't necessarily go to the grocery store to buy everything that I don't, you know, that I need. I've already, sure. I've either already stockpiled that or I've sourced it here or, uh, or uh, I can find it within the community itself. So that's kind of nice. Is And then even that, like, like your neighbors, my neighbors in general, my neighbors generally respect what, what I'm trying to do out here is that, is that I'm trying to be what what everybody I'm trying to live that American dream that everybody wants is to not have to depend on the grid or the system or or you know that's the nice part is it's just being yourself being able to to be where you're at and not have to worry about anybody else for the most part but also at the same time having that having that community being able to grow a community and and you know you've got customers and friends you know customers that become friends and you've got that and you've got neighbors that are that are willing to help out like uh like my neighbor uh one of my neighbors like i had a uh, there was a, a double wide trailer on the property and one of my neighbors like i had a i hired a guy with with a track hoe to come out and knock it down because of insurance insurance companies wanted it knocked down and uh he came over and uh and helped me dispose of it like even without even having to be asked, he's like, yeah, I just needed to get out and felt like being helpful. And, and it looked like you needed a hand. He's like, yeah, if you need anything else, then, it, you know, you just can't find that, that kind yeah. of stuff anywhere else uh, is that, you know, when you've got a community of people that are willing to help out, you know, and, uh, and that's kind of something that my neighbors have lamented about before. It's like, uh, so like my neighbor to the, my neighbor to the West of me, he, uh, he was saying that, you know, the people from the church, they came over and helped me, you know, frame the house and help me do this. And we put up the barns and the fence and we, we did this. And he's saying people just don't do that anymore. And uh, and that's part of, of building, you know, building that community is is being able to. That's really the best part is feeling that feeling that again. And I think that's what's really drawn a lot of people to this. What we've been trying to do is that they've they felt that community that they haven't really felt in a long time so that's great yeah and, it, and it's and like i said you cannot with with things the way they are these days you can just not you cannot downplay the importance of having community having people that you can call or or having neighbors that you trust or people you know people that you've helped 
do whatever and help you do whatever. You know, you, you just can't underestimate that enough, and especially with the way things are going, you know, going sideways these days. Yeah. Or it feels certainly feels that way, you know, depending on what everyone's perspective is. Each person is different how they view things. Is that uh, is that you definitely need that that kind of local connection to people around you, and and it's nice to be able to build that. Right. So, going going in like a little bit smaller. What about you know? What about the family unit in homesteading? So, like finding what like a role for each person in the family and like their role on the homestead. How do you, how do you do that? Well, it, it's very much dependent upon ability. I mean, my three-year-old can't do a whole lot, but she, she can help pick up toys, yeah. you know, or, or clean up small messes. And then, and then my, uh, my nine and my 10 year old, you know, we have them out there. We'll have them out there, uh, you know, helping weed, you know, pull small weeds in the garden or, or, you know, if they see ripe, you know, a ripe vegetable or a ripe fruit, they can pick it and bring it in. And, you know, and, and this is the first year we've had chickens, so they'll get to experience feeding, feeding the chickens and watering the chickens this year. Nice. And then uh, my son, who's 14, he, uh, he actually helped build the coop and the run last year. So like, uh, so like, he's kind of my, He's kind of my right hand, kind of my right hand man, yeah. so to speak. Is that he's the guy that he's the one that helps me. Like if I say I need I need this done, I need this done, I need this done, and uh, and I want you to do like I give him something that he can physically manage. Like like I need you to help, you know, pick up the yard. Like like if we had a storm roll through. It's like I need I need you to to take the tractor down and do this, or I need you to, to gather sticks and, or help me pick up these branches. Or like when I fell a tree, I need you to pull it out of the way kind of thing. Yeah. And then my wife is kind of, my wife, she's, uh, she kind of steps into those, those traditional, you know, I hate to say gender role gaps, but it's a, it's a gender role. Uh, particularly in a traditional family style is that, is that she's uh, she's really the motivator, uh, you know? Uh, like, what is it? Uh, I don't know how. I don't know how how biblical, you know, things are in your listenership and stuff like that. It's like, but what is it? The Psalms thirty one wife, I think it is Psalms thirty one. You know, where she's like the the manager of the household, and and she mm-hmm. arranges the servants for the day. Well, to call my ser- my children servants, but sometimes kind of need you to do stuff and she's the one that organizes the the children to do everything and and sure and a lot of times she keeps me organized uh and and even though she's the even though she's really the the dreamer of the bunch you know uh she really keeps me uh from getting into analysis paralysis it's like it's time to like it you know that's the engineering part of me it's like You've uh, you've got to you've got to make a decision and you've got to follow through and you've got to do it now. Okay, well, all right, well, let me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let my wife helped out. me narrow my focus. Like, hey, yes. this weekend, let's focus on this and this 
you know, and then if those two things get done, we can, you know, maybe get to the, this third thing, but yeah, that's, it, that's, it precisely mm-hmm. that, that that's precisely where, where I'm, I'm trying to go with that is that she, she, she dreams big, but she can also bring me right down to where I need to be. Like you need, you need laser focus on these things and you need yeah. to be able to, to do them, you know, within this allotted time frame. Okay. All right. Now I'm with you. Yep. Cause my mind's over here, over here, over here, over here. And yeah, like, and, and uh, like, I'm pretty sure I've got some form of anxiety uh, just mm. from my, you know, from my work and previous life and all that other stuff. And, and, sure. and it's, I'm pretty sure that I've got some level of, of traumatic anxiety from that. So like when I get wrapped up into a topic or wrapped up into something, it's like, it's the cycle starts. And, uh, and she really is like the one that goes, smacks me out of it and says, Hey, this is what, why don't we focus on this and this and this? Oh, okay. Okay. That knocks me out of the pattern. And I can go right to it. So she 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 dreams big, but she can like I said, she definitely she dreams big for sure, but she can definitely keep me where I need to be. And, and that's that's what I that's that's why it works so well out here between her and between her and I. And this was kind of her idea too. So <laughs> boy, that'd be that'd be tough if it if she wasn't in on it. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that's, uh, I think that's where, uh, you know, I had issues before is that, you know, uh, normalcy bias was kind of a thing. Uh, and this is probably a topic for another day. Uh, we could probably, we could probably spend hours talking about these things. Uh, but yeah, uh, it is, is it, you've got to have, you've got to have buy-in, uh, you know, from a from a, a spouse or a, you've got to have shared shared values and yeah. shared ideas, and that's what makes these kinds of things work well. Otherwise, they'll fail one hundred percent of the time. And yes. and, uh, and I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen in households that weren't nearly as as uh, where there weren't as many stakes uh, as this one, and I've just seen it fail over and over and over again. Is that you've got to have shared values, you've got to have, you've got to have everybody has an equal voice, but there's got to be somebody that makes a decision, and that's really important in in, in things like this. Is that somebody's got to say, okay, we're gonna, I've heard all the options, and this is what we're doing, and yeah, and from a, a the biblical aspect is that's always been a traditional gender role. And, uh, and so that's, that's the lead that I, I took and that's the lead that she's chose to follow. So, uh, (laughs) is, is somebody's got to make a decision, but you've got to have a, you, everybody's got to have an equal voice, but somebody has got to make a decision. Right. And that's, that's why it's, it's a hundred percent important to have those shared values and, but, yeah, everybody's got to have that. Everybody's got to be. Everybody's got to be equal to a point, but somebody's got to make a decision, and that's what that's what's worked so well out here. And, and and that would be my advice to people going forward. 
is that if you if you're married and if you have a partner or if you're married or you have a partner uh, that that's committed to this in the long term is that you've got to have you've got to have commitment you've got to have shared values otherwise it's just not going to work and and it, and it just looks it's terrible watching it fail and it and I've been through divorce and, and that whole deal with the court system and having to deal with custody battles and 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 child support and it's it's a pain in the rear it's terrible uh, if you if you have problems please sort them out if you if you're but you got to have shared values and if you don't have shared values then yeah got to find some sort of common ground in order to make that happen. Yeah. It's, it's hard enough to get things going, um, doing like a homestead and stuff. And so if, if you're not working like on the same page, um, you're just going to be fighting each other more than, you know, making progress, Absolutely. achieving those goals. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, this stuff out here was it was hard enough doing it on my own. It'd be hard enough trying to fight somebody else while doing it. So Right. You got one hand in the garden, the other hand fighting. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. yeah, that would just make it harder. Yeah. What would you tell people that want to get started? Uh growing a garden, raising chickens, anything like that? Uh that's uh well as it's in the army, it's Met T C dependent. Never uh, heard that one. Uh, it's like mission, enemy, time, terrain. Uh, you can, that's, that's the top, I think that's the top four, but it, it's dependent on, it's dependent on, basically it's saying it's dependent on where you're at and what you're doing and what your goal is. So it, it's a, it's a kind of reverse planning method. Sure. Uh, it, for the, for the army. So like, uh. Uh, it depends on where you're at. If you're, uh, if you're, uh, and with the, some political stuff that's that's happened recently, uh, it, it's going to make buying land and buying a house even that much harder. Uh, if but if you're if you're in an apartment, or if you're in a house where you can't have chickens, well then, you might have to compromise a little bit. You might have to to visit a farmer's market but definitely if you can build in a garden if you can build a garden out that's probably the best place to start uh that's what got me into it is uh is gardening is just having you know like a place to to be able to put to be able to grow your own tomatoes or grow your own banana peppers or grow like i grew banana peppers and and jalapenos and tomatoes for a while so i was making my own salsa uh yeah definitely a garden would be a better would be a good way to start it's kind of a it's kind of a good gateway drug into that kind of into that kind of lifestyle is uh at least being able to disconnect you know anything you can do to disconnect from uh from the from the grocery store lifestyle you know like a, a yeah like I want to make this or I want to make that. Okay, well I need to go to the grocery store to get that, or I need to go, you know, to this place to do that. It's like I started with, I started with growing my own vegetables and making my own bread. 
And uh, my son and I, my that's some of my son's fondest memories is when he was, you know, four and five years old. And, and you know, and my first wife would go off to work because she was a nurse and she worked overnight and uh, and she'd leave the house at like five o'clock. And then my son and I would make would make pizza at home, you know, with stuff that we grew in the garden and then some vegetables that we are, uh, you know, some flour that we got at the store. But we we'd use the, the stand mixer. You know, making your own bread—that's that's the kind of stuff that 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 kind of gets you hooked into it. Is uh, is growing your own, at least being able to grow your own vegetables. That's that's kind of a big thing. Uh, learning how to make bread, uh, even if you're not, you know, you can. We don't all have the space and the time to do to make our own flour, to make wheat, or you know, to grow wheat, or or to to grind it, or or whatever. But you know, you can start just as easily with store-bought or or even if you source it from somewhere else that's not necessarily a grocery store uh but those are those are probably some of the best kind of kind of gateway drugs so to speak of getting into it is is gardening and, and making your own bread and and spending time with your family yeah those those little those little moments really make a difference like like it's it's been a quite a long time in the making but we've been trying to get my it took i don't know maybe six months for my son to finally have the courage to like crack an egg like on his own i mean he's two so like he like just like he's like i don't want to do it i don't want to do it because one time he like cracked it too hard and made a big mess and um but now he now he likes doing it. Now he asks for like, you know, to make this or to make that. So it's it's been a lot of fun doing it that way. And uh, and that's something that my uh, my stepdaughter's gotten into is, is she's asked for like cookbooks and stuff like that. It's like, well, what are her favorite things to make? Okay, well we can plant those things and we can grow those herbs. We can grow those herbs and we can grow those vegetables and and we can we can get those things. We can substitute ground beef for like, you know, ground venison that we've got. Yeah. And the, you know, those are the things that we, we can substitute those things and we can show, we can show them and, and pass it on to the next, the next generation is, is we can show them that, that there's a, there's another way to live and it's not attached to, to the system necessarily. It's not attached to the grid. It's not, you know, bioengineered, meat or 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 you know bug protein or whatever it is that they're coming right. up with these days is and then it, your is, daughter uh your stepdaughter has a uh she has an invested interest in in the garden then if she's planting stuff that she wants to make with it yeah that's the idea yeah. and, and we Perfect. can perpetuate that. that by saying okay well you grew this now now you can find ways to use it mm-hmm uh, and that's something that, and my son is more of a, my son's more of a hands-on kind of guy. So, especially as he's moved into his teen years. So he's like, uh, you know, skills that they don't teach in schools, skills that, that you know, and right. his, his grandfather, uh, his grandfather's a carpenter, does, you know, small carpentry work. And, and I do a lot of, you know, bigger stuff out here is that, is teaching those hands-on kind of 
you know, you can, you can, you know, your hands, the work of your hands and the sweat of your brow has value. Mm -hmm. and, and this is what it, this is what's important. You know, you have more stake in this thing if you've done something to perpetuate it as opposed yeah. to, you know, like you, you know, when you're built like my neighbors, it's like you build a house, you, you built a house with your, with your own hands. That's something that's important to you. Yeah. Uh, you know, as opposed to like where we were living in a neighborhood where it was cookie cutter and, and uh, you know, they, they would hire a group of, of, of uh, immigrants at, at, at Lowe's to come and do framing for a day. That, that doesn't have any value to me. Right. But doing the work out here myself has way more value to me personally. Like I have a vested interest in, in the in maintaining all of this simply because I've put my own I put my my own soul into it. Like this is important to me. So the, stuff like that. Like teaching teaching the next generation that that when you put your own when you put your own sweat and your own tears and your own blood into something that it has infinitely more value than these things that you buy at Walmart. So yes. that, that's what's that, that's at base. I think that's what's important to me is, is being able to pass it on to, to somebody else, you know? Yeah. The next generation. I love that. And they're so, gonna need it. Uh, the way things, the way things that I feel things are going is that they're going to need it far more than than i ever did and and i learned i learned a lot of these skills from my grandmother uh yeah. who was who grew up in the in the middle of the depression you know she was born in the 20s and then and then lived through the 30s and the 40s so she knew all about gardening and, and canning and stuff like that and she canned until the day she died like like uh, probably not the exactly the day she died but she canned up until she couldn't sure. anymore right uh we were finding canned vegetables and stuff like that in her house after you know when we went into to to you know organize things afterwards is that is that we were finding those things where she had just went to the store while they were on sale and canned it because that was you know if she couldn't grow it then she could buy it cheap and then do it on her own you know that was just Skills that I, uh, skills that I grew up with that I didn't appreciate really at the time because I grew up in the eighties and the nineties, uh, you know, in times of in times of great abundance, you know, and now we're reaching time periods where I can't find five eighths inch plywood or five eighths inch <laughs> OSB at, at a at a at a hardware store, and that's like a standard size. Yeah, I can't find it. Uh, so hard times, hard times are, are important to, it's important to galvanize the next generation and, and, and our, our children against those, those things. And we're, and I'm having to go back to things that my grandmother taught me that I didn't appreciate at the time, but right. Sure. I'm sure having to use them now. Right, 40, 50 years later, or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, like I said, my uh, I learned, I watched my grandmother. So, my grandparents, uh, and that was kind of what, what spurred on, you know, having the garden and, and doing a lot of this stuff is that I remembered what my grandparents did 
uh, even in the the nineties and periods of, like I said, periods of great abundance. It, and, you know, when you could buy unlimited quantities of whatever at any grocery mm-hmm. store, my grandparents were still growing it in their backyard. As uh, my parents got married uh, uh, next to their garden shed in 1981. So, <laughs> so, and there, are, there's photographic evidence of this. So it's like, you know, I'm having to, I'm there. I have a picture of my grandmother on my refrigerator in the house. And that's what, and I, I look at that picture sometimes and I go, man, I really wish that I hadn't taken that for granted when I was younger, because I definitely, I'm definitely needing it now. And I'm definitely needing to, to pass it on. Because it's just the way things are getting really, it's getting to that point where it's really important. So, right. Uh, do you want to let people know where they can find you, follow you, see what you're doing? Uh, yeah. So, uh, so YouTube is uh, Lofty Pines Homestead. Uh, I definitely appreciate the uh, the subscription and the and the likes and and uh, I've had actually people dislike my videos. I've kind of wanted to create a a video just for those those two people that have uh, I don't get it but okay <laughs> Do it. it's just me doing random stuff uh, I'm on Instagram well we're on Instagram it's not just me uh, my wife also has control of that account as well so it's uh, it's Lofty Pines Homestead on uh, on Instagram uh, there's a Twitter account that I don't really use anymore uh uh, I got a little spicy a couple of times, so I, you get in uh, trouble for a couple of things. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can be, I can be firebrand when I want to be. Uh, uh, so there's a Twitter account. I mean, you can follow me on Twitter, but I'm not really going to see it. Uh, Facebook's sure. got there's a Facebook page, Lofty Finds Homestead. You can all find. Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, I don't have any other socials. Uh, what? Well, I've got a Rumble page, but I haven't updated it in a very long time. So it's the same Lofty Pines Homestead. But gotcha. I'll add those uh, all those all to the show notes. And uh, yeah, just out of curiosity, uh, what are you uh, what are you trying to do with the with your social media accounts? Just like kind of post what you're doing, and just kind of if it something happens, something happens, and if not, whatever. That's usually what happens. Uh, I was trying to keep do a schedule there for a couple of weeks where I was trying to post every Monday or every Wednesday, but uh, uh, like I said, uh, like I've said in several of those videos on YouTube, is that I'm uh, I am terrible at posting. It's hard. And terrible at, at finishing videos on time or with any sort of regularity, so mm-hmm. I usually end up with a short or several shorts in a row. Yeah. So just pay attention for the shorts. And, uh, and that's mostly where that's a lot of where my brother, my brothers-in-law think that's absolutely hilarious. My shorts are, or they think my shorts are hilarious. So <laughs> <laughs> I was looking, I was watching the longer stuff, um, a little bit. So yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to check out those shorts. Yeah, my brother-in-law, yeah. my brother, my both of my my wife's brothers think that my brothers-in-law they uh, they think that that's comedy gold, like like a, I don't know what it is. Like apparently I'm funny in shorts when I only have about fifteen or twenty seconds 
So <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> well, Russell, I appreciate you coming on and uh, giving me your time and sharing some stories and lessons learned, everything. I appreciate oh, yeah. it. Yeah, there's, there's certainly more. There's going to be more somewhere. <laughs> good. I'm looking forward to those shorts. Oh, yeah. Well, all right. You have a good night. Oh, you too. Thank you. I am Matt DeRosier of Farm Hop Life. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to subscribe and visit farmhoplife.com. Inside of the city, the people are crazy. Out of their minds, they ain't got a clue. We gone away, headed west for Montana. Left family and friends, all I got now is you. We both got new jobs, a house and a homestead, thinking this was the life, all that there'd be. After our firstborn, you had to stay home. That's when the work got in the way for me. Well, I started farm hop life. Welcome to your farm to help and to truck and an RV send us a message and